The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond! Beyond. Wow. Yeah. Great job, everybody. Good job. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, to Beyond, Beyond episode 538. That's enough out of you. We tied. Oh. That you, you said- you, everyone, you jinxed. You both owe each other sodas now. Beyond. My name is Max Scoville. I'm joined by Jonathan Dornbush. Beyond. And Brian Altano. Beyond. That is the name of the program we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we have uh, we have a great show lined up today. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. A bunch of huge, big Sony news dropped re- really uh, big time. But uh, this is also going to be a short episode in spite of that because... We have been playing God of War, mm-hmm. and we are going to spend a, a we're going to put up a special kind of spoiler free God of War dedicated segment that's going to go up on April twelfth at twelve oh one a.m. Pacific time. The second the embargo is good to go, and we can talk about it and put it out in the open. Mm-hmm. So we are all very excited to talk about it. But if you're avoiding stuff entirely, worry not. We will not mention God of War anymore. We, we're going so you'll get two beyonds this week. Um, one of them is this one. You're listening to it already. Just congrats. Yes. And good number job. two uh, will be the God of War one. It is not spoilery. We yes. are. Not, yeah. we're not, we're not doing any of that stuff. No, no, no. I, I want people to go in. There will be a spoiler cast yeah. on its own somewhere else, yes. but this is going to yeah. be mostly about what it's like yeah. to play the uh, game, not yes. story beats. And uh, that will be the same day that Jonathan's my review will go, go right. Right. same time as that yes. podcast. So, yeah. so, uh, yeah, just pretend that, uh, Kratos came in and just ripped this episode in half, uh, and you know, through one, he is that strong another week. Uh, so spoilers, uh, yeah, he rips things in half. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a defining trait. Uh, anyway, um, he hates so, podcasts in that game. He probably, probably would. Uh, uh, so big stuff to come out recently. Uh, we got a bunch of updates on Spider-Man, the Insomniac game. Yes. Uh, that was the cover story for Game Informer this month. Uh, we also got a brand new Spyro Trilogy remastering <gasps> that got announced. Uh, and then uh, there's a um, bunch of other stuff coming out. Let's let's get started talking about Spider-Man. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> God, good Lord. This game looks so incredible. I right? feel like this, is, this is one of those ones I just want to walk away from it and just be like, let me know when it's done. I'll take it out of the oven and yep. I'll play it. Yep. Um, but I can't help myself sometimes when they like when I read a headline or something or I have to look at it to write those headlines. I'm like, oh, man, this is so great. It's weird. I'm, I'm way like when it came to God of War, I was like so, you know, head down and keeping away from spoilers or anything like that. Spider-Man to me, I don't know. It's just he's it's like 
it's like Sherlock Holmes or something. Like there's just somebody writes a new mystery for him every couple of years. So spoilers don't really matter to me. Um, I'm more concerned with how, not really concerned. I'm more excited to see how this game comes together. Um, it looks to me like the mo- they're getting down the most important fundamental part, which is the kind of the locomotion of interacting with that world. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Once you nail that, uh, which I, believe they're doing Seems I mean, like we'll all have. know when yeah. we actually play it ourselves um then you can get into all the really fun stuff like all the costumes all the all the weird new york city easter eggs uh to me every spider-man game is defined not only by how well the web slinging stuff works but how interesting it is when you touch the ground um a lot of spider-man games and almost all of them eventually push you into missions inside buildings, um, in, inside closed environments where you're not really whipping through the sky and stuff like that. And then it's about combat. It's about traversal. It's about puzzles. It's about um, some platforming stuff. So I, I'm really interested to see how that comes together because I think in some of the best Spider-Man games ever made, uh, people that still is sort of people's second or third favorite part of the game, you know? It's yeah. like actually punching and kicking dudes, yeah. you know? Spider-Man 2 or Ultimate Spider-Man for me, which are some of my yeah. favorites, were always very much like... I'll swing around the city for a thousand hours and collect some balloons, but I wasn't so much worried about the story. And I agree with you. Like, yeah. there's a certain amount, like, I don't care how much they tell me about the story beforehand of like who, what villains are involved or things like that, only because they can't spoil when it's going to feel like when I first swing around. Right. And like, I think what's interesting about that is that we love those games very specifically because they hit us at a certain time of our, in our lives that was important, but also because they hit at a time before there was this sort of massive wealth of, Open world collectathon games. I mean, yep. the, the the Spider-Man games that we love and and remember with great nostalgia predate things like Crackdown, you yeah. know, which yeah. is well, a superhero collectathon. That's what's yeah. like really funny to look at is is that uh, Insomniac has since gone and made effectively like they their their big open world offering was was Sunset Overdrive, uh, and it's which pretty- I know this is a PlayStation show, but. You should absolutely that play game that. That so rad. Yeah. 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 Go check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, yeah, like a Spider-Man 2 on, on, on PS2 and GameCube and all that, like people just, the, the thing you talk about is it's always, it's always a swinging around. Yeah. It's always the moving mm-hmm. around. And since then, it's funny. You look at sort of what came early uh, last generation and you got stuff like Uncharted, which was all about climbing rocks and mm-hmm. then Assassin's Creed, which was all about climbing d- detailed buildings. <laughs> uh, and we haven't really had a proper return to form for Spider-Man. You know, that's, that's kind of taken that stuff into account and really processed right. it yeah. and moved from that. Uh, and it, from the sound of it, like they, they dug into the sort of the traversal. I was digging at the uh, Game Informer has this, this article up that's sort of like, it's just, it's granular details on the gameplay and how, how stuff comes together. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where you're basically reading somebody paraphrasing an instruction manual. Right. Like yep. they're being like, oh, this button does this. Um, from the sound of it though, uh, Perches are a big thing. Like it's basically like you have sort of almost like hot points around the city that, and you can you can stick your webbing to everything, and it sounds like pretty physics based. Yeah. But in this case, it's like certain things will just be they're they're like they're anchor points for your for your right webbing. right right. Uh, yeah. And then I guess if you hit L two, it'll go into like a slow motion sort of bullet timey thing, so that you're not stuck in that scenario where you're just flying around and hitting mm-hmm. walls and stuff. Like you can actually sort of pause for a second and be like, all right, where to next? Um, I like that a lot. We've also, yeah. we saw some of the sort of like environmental ways in which that works right here. And if you're watching the video, um, just sort of like shooting onto like a, a, a steel girder and then grabbing it and yanking it, using, spinning it as like a helicopter and using it as a weapon. He does is, like, he does like a, like hockey stops and like, in like the e-brake power slide moves, <laughs> but with webbing. Basically. Yeah. The, there's character to all of his movement. What I love about it is you were sort of talking about how Spider-Man games tend to tend to shepherd you into like closed off spaces and everything. But like the footage we've seen so 
far seems to keep you in the open world, even if it is. Yeah. Like, this is a building that's still in repair. But there are, they've talked about some of it in this Game Informer information, there will be side quests or random robberies in the yeah. city that will bring you into indoor locations. And there will be those one-off sort of scenarios. Otherwise, like, but, 90% of New York City is constantly under heavy construction yep. from, like, 4 yeah, a.m. to 4 a.m. So... Uh, you'll always find stuff yeah. running up a wall in this game. I'm so, I'm so excited. We're also we're looking at footage from this the E3 demo, I believe, yeah. which yes. is which yeah. I'm still I'm still sort of taking that with a grain of salt. I'm they've Game Informer has a bunch of little clips just kind of showing off little little. I mean, they made a, made a bunch of gifts, which I appreciate. Yep. Uh, one thing that's really nice is that they have um they were comparing they're talking about the combat, and it's going to be difficult to talk about this game without comparing it to the Arkham games because yeah, I mean they are the most recent sort of modern interpretation of really good superhero games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but again, Spider Man is a different character from Batman, especially that sort of heavy-handed Rocksteady version of him. Uh, and they're talking about the combat. It's 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 combo-based-ish, uh, but it, they said it's sort of more acrobatic, which I like. And they also stress that there's a lot of environmental uh, hazards you can use, which I'm I'm always so – I'm so, like, big on that. I mean, yeah, me too. clearly I'm like – I've been burning through Yakuza games like that. I like, I like hitting people with crates and boxes. Well, I, I feel like games. in terms of games like that, I mean, Sleeping Dogs is one of the ones that's oh, sort of God. handled oh, the best, yeah. right? It's like, so much fun. Yeah. There's just something like – the idea of using the world around you as a weapon is really fun and it would yeah. be – well, yeah. and they're also really playing into the fact that uh, Peter Parker this time around is a scientist. Like he's a little bit older. He has a scientific career going on. So he makes a lot of gadgets for mm-hmm. himself. And that plays into the combat, the traversal. I think they mentioned in the Game Informer stuff like sort of a drone uh, spider that you can use in yep. certain scenarios. And we've seen stuff before from E3. But yeah, it seems like there's such a variety to the combat. Uh, yeah, God, I just I like looking at the footage. I kind of get lost for a second. I, yeah, it's, oh, I was going to say it's, is, it's just yeah. such a joy to watch. Yeah, um, it's going to be God, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and so this is what I what I really want from this game is is to sort of make just I want New York City to just be really fun to get around, and I want a lot of uh, things to sort of be happening dynamically. Like we're seeing here in the footage, there's a helicopter dragging a shipping crate on a web through the city. Um, I want to see stuff like this happen often, right? Yeah. I want I want sort of uh, I mean, I, well, I want like a, not like constantly a helicopter dragging a shipping crate held up by webbing, <laughs> but just stuff in the city that you can interact with, you know, that isn't just just like trucks and cars like bring the more you bring in like weird stuff that's happening on a rooftop or uh like weird construction cranes or weird like helicopters stuff like that just weird kind of dynamic events that make it different than just flying through alleyways and and quarters it sounds like like there's going to be a lot that fleshes out the world in terms of like side quests and things you can do beyond the main missions so my my hope is that it does feel like a living breathing city and they also showed off have you guys seen the fast travel the fast yeah, travel is, is, of course, as a nice little, you know, wink and a nod. It's not fast. It's yep. the subway. <laughs> I love that. Here's a game where you can you can just you can spin webs and fly across the city, but you can also take the train. Yep. Which is and it's like Spider Man just goes down into a subway station and then it cuts to him checking his phone on the subway, just like holding mm-hmm. onto the handrail, which is like. That's so funny. I yeah, love it so, so much. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, they announced that um, there's going to be there's going to be DLC like story DLC called the City That Never Sleeps, um, which is going to have you know new villains and all that. I still I, I'm kind of avoiding like actual story beats on this. Sure, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a three part thing. I think. Mm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds really fun though. Um, but also they've announced a bunch of costumes, which I'm really excited about because Spider Man yes. obviously has a huge history of a lot of different costumes throughout yep. his, yeah. his you know long career. Uh, and they're already like it's not just like. They're not just doing boring ones. They're doing Spider Punk, who has an electric guitar that plays like, you know, he can strike a chord and does like a shockwave move. Yeah. Uh, there's also Wrestler Spider Man, which is like his homemade, you know, stupid costume. And then, uh, and then Spider Man War, who was in, uh, what, Shattered Dimensions? I believe so. A while so. ago, yeah. What I like about this is that, um, like video games have been around for a very long time now and people who have a PlayStation are, you know, maybe they're 
seven, maybe they're 40. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has a, has their Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, like maybe yours were the like, uh, Tobey Maguire movies. Maybe it was secret wars. Like <laughs> everyone's got a, like I grew up with like seventies Spider-Man action figure hand-me-downs from friends and stuff like that who were like older, way older than me. And they're just like, Hey, here's Spider-Man. It's just like this loose action figure with like bright cartoon colors. Um, and then it got more muted over, over time. And then they made, they emphasized more of the details in the suit and stuff like that. Um, and getting to throw all those in there, as long as it just plays great, then yeah, I love that idea yeah. of being able to play as different, different mm-hmm. Spider-Men. Spider-Mans. Mans. Yeah. Mans. Mans. Did we ever decide this? Spider-Mans. 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 Spider-Man. 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 Yeah, that's the yes. way it goes. What's really cool though about the costume thing too, it's kind of buried in the game informer story, but they played the very beginning of the game and I guess spoilers for the very beginning of the game peter is not in the white spider costume okay he starts out in a traditional like black spider costume oh interesting and at some point uh-huh. like, unless i read that story horribly wrong but this is what it said and then they had a sidebar for it is that he makes that white spider suit and it's somewhat related to his scientific approach because mm-hmm. that suit if you look at the way it's designed is much more like acrobatic it's much more athletic in the way mm-hmm. that the blue is sort of like a mesh fabric and all these things so there there's a story reason why he has the white spiders realistically you would think his costume would be like the cover the color of like steel girders or you something think so. yeah like you know silver maybe some exposed brick if he's in brooklyn yeah yeah i don't know it's just that, i think yeah. about these things stealthy like a stealthy ninja costume <laughs> yeah yeah sense yeah i mean like whatever you look the at the top of the empire wearing. state building and there's a red and blue guy you're like hey i see that yeah <laughs> there he is famous, famous color of spiders um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm really happy about this um and we have a release date which is september 7th yes. so uh get on that that's uh that's, that's good so news. soon did you guys what do you guys think of the box cover I actually really like it. It's super it's minimalist. It's yeah. simple. Right? It's just it's, like a three a render. The Game Informer cover itself, I want to give a shout out to those guys. Uh, they do some amazing covers over there. It's, it's like so the kind good. of thing that makes me piss that IGN isn't a magazine because if it was. <laughs> we can't hire Alex Ross to do like a photo yeah. for Instagram. Yeah. I mean, he would make a cover image and it would like fall down the blog roll yeah. in 10 minutes. We run a website. But between this and there, I believe it was the one they did for Horizon, mm-hmm. um, which is just stunning original art. Um, they're doing really cool stuff over there. Shout, yeah. shout out to Game Informer. Love yeah. you guys uh man i'm I'm dying for this i I just i had this um (sighs) sneaking realization that this is going to be one of those years when it's really really hard to narrow down a game of the year yeah Yeah. uh which is good i think that i was just sort of like looking at looking at the calendar ahead being like oh man we got spider-man and there's red dead and there's just a bunch of other stuff and there's inevitably going to be things at e3 we still don't even know about oh it's also Um, this this library of so many of them i mean not red dead obviously but so many of these games are playstation exclusive right yeah like we're going to yeah. talk about god of war tomorrow or th- yeah. whatever it is in the week <laughs> um last of us 2 is on its way yeah spider-man i mean it, this is it's a good time to play god damn games. yeah this yeah. is pretty th- cool this is the era that they've kind of been building up to for a few years yeah so it's really yeah the, all of yeah. those e3s are finally paying off yeah yeah, yeah. Attention Mail Beyond listeners, we have an important message from ForHims.com. 66% of men experience hair loss by age 35. By the time most folks notice, it's usually too late, so if you've noticed your hairline slowly receding or bald spots popping up, why not do something about it right now? Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. ForHims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that maybe you're too embarrassed about to handle in person. That means no waiting room, no doctor visits, no snake oil pills or supplements that they sell behind the counter at gas stations. These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You just visit ForHims.com, answer a few questions, and a doctor will review and prescribe accordingly. Then products are shipped directly and discreetly to your door. 
While supplies last, Beyond listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they head to 4 slash beyond. This would cost hundreds of dollars from a doctor or pharmacy, so 5 bucks for your first month is a steal. Again, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Thanks. Now back to the show. Uh, so in sort of fun surprise news, just last week they announced that we're getting a full remastering, rebuild, whatever it's called, of the Spyro Trilogy. Jonathan, ah, you did '90s nostalgia call? I'm here to <laughs> answer it. Hello. Okay, I want you to just tell us the story. They sure. sent you an egg. So they sent me a purple egg. Mm-hmm. It's I'm pretty sure it's styrofoam. Everyone has asked me. I'm not splitting it open because did, one, did it's you, a really did cool. Did you sit egg. on it? I did not sit on it. I did not put it underwater to hear it scream. Uh, <laughs> I I think it's styrofoam covered in purple tax, but it looks really good. It's got a nice heft to it. Okay. They sent me a purple egg at the beginning of the week, and then a few other outlets got it the next day from Falcon McBob. And Falcon McBob on Twitter was at Spyro the Dragon. Is that a is that a character? No, it's not a character in Alvin there. McBob. Okay. Yeah, I I still have like not figured out exactly where that name comes from. It may just be a blind spot in the the Spyro lore. I don't know. You're not it's, up to date uh, on Spyro lore. Not. It I sounds like gone a, the like full an Wiki idiot yet. child recollecting Star Fox. <laughs> His good friend Falcon McBob. Uh, but yeah, so then they sent this egg, and then they sent the egg to a few other outlets, and then more teases started to come via the Crash Bandicoot Twitter, and then finally they revealed. Spyro Reignited Trilogy. It's the original three PS1 adventures coming to PS4 and Xbox One simultaneously. And it's going to have all the bells and whistles for Xbox One X and, and PS4 Pro. It's yes. going to be all like beautiful yeah. 4K. Yeah. And if this you is... haven't seen, we had a, so we had a ton of, uh, coverage of it on IGN. We didn't just have the reveal trailer and everything. We actually got to, after they got sent to us, we got to speak to the sort of two of the heads of Toys for Bob who are making this game, who have also been making Skylander since mm-hmm. it first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to them. We did a few other really cool video things. Uh, producer of the show, Barrett Courtney, did an amazing visual comparison one to one of the new trailer to the original PS1 game. It is so good and you should watch it if you haven't seen it. It's this incredible. Is, this shot. is awesome. So I, Brian and I, we were talking about this. We're kind of a little bit too old for Spyro. Yeah. It just wasn't a thing that, I don't know, it was like, I, at that point I was moving on to like Metal Gear and stuff and I feel like you were obsessed with Mario still, but like <laughs> for, a, for a, a lot of people, like yourself included, like yeah. that was, Spyro was your mascot. Yeah, you know? it's one of those things he and Crash kind of go hand in hand as like early PlayStation 1 platformer mascots but in the way that crash is this more 2d-esque platformer uh mm-hmm. down like a corridor either towards you or away from the camera spyro was more of an open world thing kind of from the start he had this glide ability it was more of a collectathon sort of platformer more like banjo kazooie almost mm-hmm. uh but in the way that crash one was sort of a proof that they could do it and they moved on to something better spyro 2 is very much the good game that one could be that's always well, the, that's always the big surprise with games is that two is often better than one yes. which just totally flies in the face of every other kind of media yeah and and one except for on the NES, things got weird there. <laughs> yeah, what didn't know is yeah, through, Zelda yeah. two mm-hmm. was a little bit different. That's but. like Star Trek movies over there, Castlevania yeah. two. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Spyro. Spyro really grew and evolved, and sort of thing where Spyro three is fun, but also bloated in that they try to cram too many new characters and abilities and stuff in there. But Man. it's still a really fun series that I have a lot of fond memories of. And two Ripto's Rage especially is like a collectathon, a collectathon game I did so many times over. When oh, I was that's kid. awesome. I'm I'm like excited to check this out because I remember I remember when. Crash came out being sort of almost disappointed, like even as a kid, that it was so sort of it looked brand new, but mechanically it's kind of rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Wars is still jumping. It's I mean it's a runner game. Yeah. Uh, whereas effectively. yeah, but Spyro, you're like moving around freely and you're like there's there's much more There's uh, a lot more uh, variety in the secrets you can kind of exactly, uncover yeah. and things like that and there's there's a reward for exploring and especially in two when there are several different things you can collect and more of a story through it whereas so, like one is collect, uh, free the dragons so they I, want, I wonder how much stuff they're doing sort of under the hood outside of just like a cosmetic coat of paint oh, yeah um, this is I mean this is the full 
like full overhaul like we got like this is effectively a new game yeah right? so this uh we spoke to toys for bob and discussed sort of what they're putting into it and visually it is pretty much they're working from like square one about like how do we make this look visual but right. still be true to what insomniac made uh when they first made it and then also uh soundtrack wise Stuart copeland did the scores of the original games the police's Stuart copeland <laughs> did the scores for the original games and they are they're not talking too much about like the process of it but they're essentially reimagining it and keeping what was good about the scores but using modern instrumentation right. things like that and they're also working with as many old voice actors as they could that's, for the game that's really cool and spyro actually had two different voice actors in the original trilogy uh one guy for the first game and then tom kenny who does spongebob for two and three God. tom kenny was the more of the fan favorite largely and so he's back to do for all three games he voiced spyro yeah i didn't even I, so i found about him through um mr show the oh yeah show. it's fantastic on the show yeah um so what I'm wondering is sort of like mechanically, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna look obviously completely different. It's gonna yeah. feel pretty similar, yeah. but there's a lot of little like tweaks you can do with a, a, a lot of sort of I don't know. I'll say like vintage era 3D sure. platforming well, games. They are trying to do a lot of quality of life stuff because they even said like the original Spyro, you did tr uh, camera via the triggers. Yes, it was also exactly. an R2, whereas they're like, oh no, now we have the full extra analog stick. We can really make it feel like a modern game. Uh, they wanted to keep the feel of like Spyro's run, his dash and his glide are all very much like key for people cool. to remember. And they, they actually went down to Insomniac who doesn't have any actual say in the development. They're not co-developing in any way, but they went down and showed them the game to be like, is this what you feel yeah, like a ask, ask for the father's hand in marriage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and so they're very much staying true, but hey, the camera's updated. Hey, like if you're not sure what that rock moving back and forth means, they're showing you there's a wear and tear there for a reason, whereas like mm -hmm. older graphics couldn't show you that. Things of, along those mm -hmm. lines. Uh, Toys for Rob is a really interesting studio. I think they're actually my favorite studio that I've visited. I went and to, did like a preview thing there for, uh, for Skylanders Giants a million years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and what I love is that they, I remember when like when Skylanders came out, that was, Leading the charge of, of Toys to Life, which have yeah. since kind of like, you know, petered out. Yeah. Uh, but they sent out this, this Activision sent out this, like, this press release and they were like, it was around Toy Fair and they were like, Hey, we are about to change the gaming landscape forever. And everyone's like, what are you making like more Guitar Hero guitars? Like, what are you doing? And then they came out and they're like, it's called Sky, Skylanders Spyro's Adventure. And we're like, is it a new Sp a Spyro game? What is it? And then they were like, no, Spyro is like one of many. And I was like, who are these animals? Like, what are these? <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of Spyro fans were sort of pissed off because it wasn't a Spyro game. Yes, it was like, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you can even see like there's a different art style for that Spyro and it's mm -hmm. very much a more modern iteration of that Spyro. But these developers, at least like talking to them, they obviously had a love for the original Spyro. Yeah. And so they were coming from that place of loving him, but trying to bring him to a new audience with Skylanders. So yeah. this is like, this is a very nice full circle moment for them where they get to go back to the thing. No, that they I, love and yeah, I appreciate the hell out of that to like to piggyback what Max was saying. Like it's kind of nice that like, y you know, people around your age are getting their generational nostalgia now because us olds have had it for so long <laughs> yeah. where they're like hey remember 8-bit mario he's back again and 8-bit mario too the super yep. yeah so all that's we've gotten that so many times but finally it's like hey did you grow up with crash and spyro and a bunch of those other weird mascot platform croc, characters croc gex <laughs> croc and gex are definitely within the next three years coming glover back. glover is not is dead no he glover no, yeah glover's not coming back Hashtag nobody wants that if the glove fits nobody oh, wants man. that weird talking oh. hamburger helper hand oh, thank yeah. you I think it's uh, weird. But no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really neat that like Activision, <laughs> who we, we see as being this kind of, this, this monolithic, like behemoth of a studio, uh, that they're coming out and being like, oh, you, you loved this thing we did 20 years ago and you want more of it? You want to mm -hmm. share it with your kids? Like you want to like, you want to revisit that? Oh, well, okay. You yeah. know, as opposed to being like, 
we it's, it's Skylanders, you know, racing or whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, and they, they w- did two years ago. What's cool is they they bought Crash and Spyro sort of as like properties that were in the PlayStation fold, and then they went to Activision, so they became right. fully third party. And a lot of people like. The original three games for each of them are very beloved, but and then the games as they go on vary. Like your mileage will vary on them. Some people like them, some people don't. But these original trilogies are both fondly remembered, especially for our PlayStation crowd. So it's really cool to see Spyro also getting the Crash treatment. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, I feel like maybe maybe next year we're probably going to get like a full fledged brand new Crash game. Yeah, no, it totally feels like that's happening soon. Yeah, the way Insane Trilogy did so well. Yeah, Yeah. I, I feel like you don't build this entire new universe of assets. And then just do a remaster and put it to bed. Right. Yeah. Like right. I feel like there's this. This is testing the waters for something original. Yeah. Cool. So that is uh, PS4 and Xbox One out September 21st. And I th- wasn't there like a listing for Switch that popped up. So there was, and then they took it down. Yeah. Yeah. Never know what that means. Yeah. But it's, a- Activision, when we reached out for comment, was very much like we we're talking about the Xbox One and PS4 copies. Yeah. So I doubt that's going to be a surprise. That's also coming on the 21st. But if that comes six months, a year from now, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's cool. So uh, also, I think this was announced like just this weekend at PAX East. Um, Boss Key, Cliff Blazinski's studio that just put out and then subsequently sort of took down Lawbreakers, the uh, big, you know, like the kind of hero shooter. That, so I mean, they're still supporting it. They're but still, but it's, it's, it's not, just, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. it had like a, it, that's kind of a bummer. They, they made a mul- giant multiplayer hero shooter, then nobody was playing it. Yeah. So there's nothing to do. Yeah. Um, they announced a brand new game, which is called Radical Heights. Which is yet another uh, battle royale game to you know join the ranks of, of PUBG and Fortnite, but this one is uh, I feel like decidedly stupider, which I really respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got this just beat you over the head '80s aesthetic. It's a free to play uh, battle royale game. Uh, it's got a lot of kind of Smash TV elements to it, like they yeah. frame it as a game show, yeah. which I really dig. Because whereas Fortnite, they're like, oh, it's it's a zombie game, but also there's a battle royale, and you're like, okay. And then PUBG <laughs> is like, you're just on this island for reasons that no one's really sure of. And then your case, prisoners, like in yeah. Predators or whatever. Like what the hell is going on? I don't know what the, I don't know what the, the context is. In this case, they're like, yeah, if you hit somebody, money's going to fly out. You get to buy a new backpack. And you're like, yeah. okay, whatever. Right. Um, this is River was, City Ransom rules. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting uh like very like stupid um Saints Row vibes from this. Yes, and I dug into it, and it's actually uh, Zach Lowry who worked on Saints Row uh, three and four was a, a Volition animation okay. lead, is one of the creative directors over at, at Boss Key. That makes sense. Uh, I like I. I want to I want to see what happens with this. I think it sounds sure. it sounds awesome. They basically are also like they have a, a seem like a very casual approach to making games over there. Yeah, and they're like kind of like hey, we know that it's a game and that theoretically people want to play it, so we're going to try to prevent things from stopping that. And they just kind of put this on Steam Early Access. So yeah, it wouldn't it, surprise me if we saw this pop up on consoles in the immediate future. Yeah, the way they're framing it was very much like a this is a very early access thing that they're just seeing right. how it, testing the waters with. And I do like that dumb, the dumb aesthetic of it of sort of like you can go on a BMX bike and jump on a trampoline and try to attack your yeah. guys that way. I think a lot of it is obviously going to be make or break depending on how many players connect with it now. Because yes. um, yeah. what they saw with Lawbreakers was just a, 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 like in... Basically, uh, connection numbers in like the low tens. Yeah. By the towards the sort of mid. It's like to, not even a full match. That's, yeah, not even. Yep. And it's like, I mean, it's interesting because it's like I I find it fascinating that they sort of created an entry in a in an already pretty dominantly crowded hero shooter genre and then pulled away, um, and now they're jumping into the battle royale genre, which is you know the the hottest yeah. thing in the world right now. But also, people are kind of. They're kind of in, in, yeah. they're kind of in their yeah. things. It's I don't know. It's, it's sort of like when you look at like 
this is a stretch, but when you look at like basketball players only wear like two different brands of shoes, right? And they just, they're just like Nike and Reebok and mm-hmm. moving in those directions. And every now and then, like, what somebody, about K-Swiss? And they're like, well, I'm going to be the one player. And it's like, yeah, well, that's, that's cool. I'm glad you're bringing yeah. something new to the table, but like these guys are kind of locked into their thing. So I'm interested in it. I will say like sort of aesthetically, I'm completely fatigued by this. This like this weird renaissance we've had of misremembering the '80s as this mm-hmm. thing that was only that purple laser grid background with the triangle and that sure. cur- you know, font like, in front of so it. So I see what you're saying. That I'm, I'm personally also totally worn out on the whole kind of blood dragon, like desert chrome turquoise and, and magenta thing. Yeah, this one is just kind of goofy and homemade enough that I dig it. Like it has much more of like a zombies ate my neighbors vibe to it than full blown. I don't know, whatever, like, you know, Contra or NARC or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, it's still a lot of neon. And I mean, I'm going to have inevitably people tweeting photos of, like, a character in that game being like, yo, Max, is this you? Because it's a guy in a Hawaiian shirt with spiky hair and, you know, Vans checkered slip-ons. Yeah, sure. I get all the guys from PUBG if it makes you feel better. I mean, we both look I just like- get Eugene Levy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, all I, that's all I get. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I was alive in the '80s, right? For a lot of it, and I, there's a lot of cool stuff in that decade. And I think it mostly gets boiled down to purple grid triangle cyber cyberscope or whatever the hell it is. You know, like that that whole thing. And it's like that's a cool aesthetic. And the synth music that came out of that era was goddamn awesome. You know, but I think a lot of that has become like people are making secondhand versions of what they saw in Stranger Things. And that's like they're doing a cover band of a cover of a band cover. of a cover band. Yep. And so I appreciate it because that's a gorgeous aesthetic and it's fun and bright and vibrant. And I think that's so much better than if we were doing the show 10 years ago, we'd be talking about sepia toned, like, yeah. you know, brown, puke brown <laughs> yeah, dirt yeah. everywhere and stuff like that. So this is good that we're moving away from that and we're in this like era of purple laser beams and stuff like that. I just hope, I hope people like, use that exploration point as sort of like digging around in that in that decade and finding that there was a lot more than just yeah the blood drive it's thing. not yeah. it's not um reinterpretive enough like it's not it doesn't regurgitate it like yeah. i feel like you look at i remember like the first time i heard the term nostalgia in like in like you know, I don't know growing up i always associated it with like like crappy gift stores that sold like <laughs> Happy Days themed, you know, wind up toys. Like uh-huh. it was very fifties centric, and you're always like, "Oh, it's like a fifties diner." And like, yeah, there was a plenty of stuff that was kind of like sticking in that same, like, you know, Arthur Fonzarelli wheelhouse. Yeah. But at the same time, you also had stuff like punk that was reinterpreting the sort of pompadour rockabilly like aesthetic and being like, "Okay, well, what if you, you know, pumped more voltage and less budget into that?" Yep. Mm-hmm. And I've, I don't know what the what the reinterpreted version of like of the eighties aesthetic is like what the, what the sort of modern punk is of that. But mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of stay too close to the, anyway, we're getting out of the weeds here, but uh yeah, radical <laughs> heights, a little art school. Yeah. Here. Early access just on PC right now. Yeah. We'll see um, what happens. I would, I'd be yeah. very surprised if that did not show up on PS4 at some point. Yeah. So you can play that right now, right? Yeah. I think yeah. it's just out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's out. So it's on Steam. Go check it out. Yeah. Also out this week, actually on a PlayStation device, uh, a bunch of games coming out this week. Uh, real quick, first of all, there's a game called Extinction, which is published by Iron Galaxy, the guys who did uh, Killer Instinct. Uh, and they teased this at E3 last year. And the the basic – the hook is pretty much it's a um, third-person action game that is very – Attack on Titany, like okay. you're going up against these giant, like colossi, these big, these big kind of ogres, uh, and you have to kind of you have to climb them. And it's not it's not like a Shadow of the Colossus game. It's much more, um, I don't know. It feels more like a like Shadow of Mordor, but with uh, like almost Spider Man esque traversal. Yeah, uh, it feels like it takes place in Shrek. It's very <laughs> Shreky. It's got a it's got a very kind of cartoony, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's got a lot of stuff going for it that's kind of it's kind of all over the place. Um I think you said it best, oh, you can climb up that dude's butt. Um yeah. you said it best that this feels like a like a a double A game. 
Yeah, know, yeah. Of, like this is this reminds me of that like PS3 THQ era of games that we don't see a lot of anymore because games are either massive over budget AAA games or they're darling indies or they're like kind of crappy iOS. Yeah, this feels almost like a HD remaster of a game that would have come out 10 years ago. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Uh, in the same way that I played, I think I played like the, the campaign for Titanfall and I was like, or Titanfall 2 and I was like, hey, this is, this feels like a game I would have played in high school. Like yeah. there's something fun about it. It's just <laughs> yeah. like a sort of simple, straightforward thing. This is incredibly arcadey, which I think, I think, I think oh, cool. like a select, you know, slice of people is going to get like super into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not speedrunners per se, but people who like to get really good at a system. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the traversal is really, it's really interesting. It's quick and snappy. Yeah. And you're, you almost feels like a superhero game. Like it, it's got this vaguely medieval fet- setting at times, but then the character like, runs at hyperspeed and can you know uh, run up the sides of buildings and stuff like that and And it's not like laborious to get up right like it's not like it's not like Shadow of the Colossus it's where you're no, trying to figure so out a puzzle it, yeah. to get okay. No, uh, it feels it, it. I think I would say the traversal feels more like an infamous type game, like a prototype, than it does. But it's it's in a weird spot, right? Like I mean, the, it comes out the same month as God of War, yeah. which is a like a third person action game with some sort of. It's weight. another game where you fight yeah. big, huge monsters yeah. and yep. stuff like that. Um, and then the same year as Spider Man, so right. it's. I don't know where it's going to find its place. I mean, obviously they had to get the game out at some point, but um, maybe there's something in there for you. I it didn't really grabbed me i might give it another chance but um it's out you can yeah. play it yeah there's, there's um, that no it's it's definitely i think it's neat um so check that out uh also out this week on ps4 owlboy which was a beloved metroidvania that i think chloe rad gave a would she give a 10 to very high i think it was very it was, it was, it was, it was yeah. up there it was yeah. a big yeah. one um and i that just was, played this recently that's on that's on switch a couple it came out on switch a couple weeks ago yep. and was yeah. on pc before that uh really really neat little game yeah, it's uh, pixel art is just stunning. It's gorgeous. It's really yeah. good. It gave me like serious um Minish Cap vibes. Yes. From Legend totally. of Zelda, which yeah. is yep. odd because I don't really I don't ever really think about that game as having its own particular aesthetic, but there's mm-hmm. something specifically Game Boy Advancey about how this looks rather mm-hmm. than like sort of classic 16-bit. Yeah. Well, we're constantly yeah. doing like, you know, 4K 60 frame per second <laughs> graphics comparison videos here at IGN. Um, we just talked about Spyro, which is getting this massive remaster and stuff like that. Um, and you probably bought a really nice TV over the last few years to play your video games on because it's great to do that. Um, but it, like, it's, it's hard to understate how awesome, and maybe it's just because I'm old, but how awesome really vibrant, really great pixel art looks on a great, on a great TV. Like it just, yeah. there's something incredible about that. As a kid who grew up with like an eighties TV with like weird rounded edges that always looked kind of smoky. And there was like kind of like a uh, mm-hmm. scan lines through <laughs> it and stuff like that. Like, and I know that's an aesthetic people love. Yeah. In, in fact, people try to recapture that through emulation and it doesn't even come close. So they go out and they find SD TVs in the garbage mm-hmm. and do all no, that. I think, I think yeah. standard definition and, and CRT technology really hurt uh pixel art like it was really doing it a disservice on the other hand i think it did early 3d a lot of favors yeah mm-hmm. where you go back and you play something like i don't know silent hill and you're like oh this is spooky or like metal gear you're like oh it's so grimy and then you see that running on like a you know big hd tv yeah. and you're like ah, oh, they're it, all made of yeah. paper mache what is this it, lo- it loses that grunge to yeah it. yeah i mean uh, gorgeous pixel art is not easy to make people yeah. look at it as sort of like Oh, it's a 2D game. It's low budget. I've heard like, thrown around a lot in the comments section on, under this, the stuff we publish on IGN and elsewhere, you know, that like 2D games should be cheaper or they should be, I mean, I, I, I don't think that like this game should be $60 per se because it doesn't really mm-hmm. feel like that once you actually get into the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. But 
like really great pixel art is not easy to make. It is there's some intense artistry behind that, and actually designing it and creating characters is one thing, but making sure the animation doesn't look rigid is mm-hmm. really really difficult. Not saying it's easy to do in 3D games, but there's a specific talent and trait that works into the like the sort of tapestry here, and so I, it's really really good to see a team nail that because mm-hmm. it's also so easy to make. Just the crappy version of that. We've seen sure. this pixel art renaissance over the last ten years, and it's gone in so many different directions. And Owlboy just completely nails it. Yeah, there's just, a vibrancy to the characters, yes. and the, they're all very unique. The the character aesthetic specifically. I played through the first like three or four hours on Switch, mm-hmm. and just seeing this wide cast of very funny singular people throughout like just the first couple hours like oh there's something special to the yep. craft of this game it's very it's it's really charming uh also it's interesting to play a metroidvania where you're not uh you're not like nickel and dimed on your ability to fly like that's oh, kind yeah. of a yeah. key mechanic is that you can fly everywhere and normally you know metroidvania you gotta you gotta jump a bunch you gotta wall run or whatever or maybe you get or like, like a unlock mode. a triple yeah. jump or but in this one they're like you're an owl boy you can fly <laughs> and you're like really and then the real the real kind of the, the sort of weapons and upgrades you get is you pick up different characters yeah which is really kind of cruel and warped but you're like yeah. you'll I don't know you'll be like oh this is the professor who's got a rocket launcher or whatever he'll you got to just carry him around by his ass and just and you know you got your talons in his back and then it's uh there's a whole mechanics built around that but really neat game so check that out uh there's a game coming out this this week called Dusty Raging Fist <laughs> which looks and I I don't mean this I don't mean this in a bad way it looks like a vanillaware game but with furries. So you've got a bunch of very lovingly hand-rendered uh, beat-em-up characters running through like gorgeous hand-painted backdrops and beating the crap out of things, but they're all they're all like anthropomorphic animals. Oh. So, you know, that's definitely a thing for some people. Um, there's a bunch the, of like kind of smaller like platform <laughs> coming out this, this week. It cut to me like, <laughs> I'm like nah, yeah, I'm yeah. I was just going to say if the Shrek design of Extinction's characters don't uh, do it for you, you can also... Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dusty Raging Fist. Is the name that they went with. Um, there's actually a huge pile of games that came out this week. We don't have time to talk about all of them because we've got to uh, duck out of here and talk about God of War shortly. Uh, but a bunch of PlayStation VR stuff came out, not so not so quietly or too quietly. Uh, we talked about Crisis on the Planet of the Apes last week, uh, and the PR people actually hit us up and uh, got us copies of that. We still haven't had a chance to sit down and play it or stand up and move your living room around and play it or whatever. Uh, but I looked around, and it is being received fairly well. Uh, cool, cool. As far as licensed tie-ins go, uh, apparently it's got a lot of the kind of the polish you would expect for a licensed game, uh, and it's a VR game about being an ape with a machine gun. So Ooh. worth checking out. Also out is Time Carnage, which is uh, like a very arcadey uh, shoot the things kind of thing, except there's dinosaurs everywhere. So if you want to shoot a Tyrannosaurus in the face in VR, you can do that. Why don't they bring back Dino Crisis? Why won't they? Yeah. I really wish. I want, dude, give me Dino Crisis in the Resident Evil 7. Yeah, uh, give that the so Resident Evil 7 treatment, yeah. please. I just want uh, those dinosaurs. There is a game called Super Amaze Balls, which sounds awful when you read it with your eyes, but it's basically Marble Madness in VR. And it's when they say oh. amaze balls, they mean literally amaze with balls in it. Balls. Mm-hmm. So you're doing one of those 3D like maze puzzles, which I think is actually kind of cool. So it's so a we, nice change so of pace. We have, from, we have raging, raging fist and amaze balls this Pretty week? much, yeah. Um, and then there's also Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality, which I know people were, um, you know. How does the Rick and Morty game have the least sexual title of all the games? Yeah. Yeah, Go weird. figure. Uh, but that was basically compared to Job Simulator, but with Rick and Morty characters. So if that mm-hmm. sounds fun for you, it is now finally on PlayStation VR. It's been on like Vive and Oculus forever. Also, if you skipped it, please check out Accounting Plus. Justin Roiland, who does uh, plays Rick and Morty, worked on that. It's very cool. And then finally, Operation Warcade, which is uh, 
I, I saw the I saw the graphics for this and I was like, ooh, this looks awful. And I like looked at I dug a little bit deeper and then I found out figured out that it's basically a virtual reality version of like those old light gun games like Operation Wolf or uh Operation Thunderbolt. Like oh, okay. the, the really the weird Gulf War you know, post Rambo, like arcade cabinets, except it's all in 3D. So you're, you're like shooting tanks and machine guns and stuff. And it's, that's really VR, but like kind of on rails, but there's, yeah. So if you don't mind the, you know, desert storm aesthetic, then <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, head over to the, uh, the PlayStation blog and check out the drop. They've got a bunch of other stuff on there. Um, and, uh, stay tuned because this is only the first half of this week's episode. We're putting up the other half at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time on the 12th. And we are going to be just talking about God of War. No spoilers, just mechanics, just how we feel about it. So tune in for that, uh, to be continued. Beyond. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.